Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag for this Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. Thank you so much for joining me. And we have a lot of emails and voicemails to get through tonight as we roll into Hell in a Cell season. The pay-per-view, or rather the premium live event, is about four weeks out. So we've got a lot to discuss, and we're going to hear from you, the listeners. What do you have to say about what's been going on, including your reactions to the WrestleMania Backlash event? We're going to get it all started right after this. So we all know today's world is just crazy, right? And we'd love some protection. Well, that's where PawnArmor.us comes in. Why do we need protection? Why are we choosing Pawn Armor to protect us? Well, protection is something that many people need, but don't have enough access to. And that's where Pawn Armor comes in. And when you choose Pawn Armor, you're choosing a team of licensed manufacturers that make your safety the top priority. You're choosing affordability that doesn't compromise on quality. And most importantly, you're choosing protection you can count on. So what do they sell? What are we talking about? We're talking about bulletproof plates. And these plates aren't 100 pounds. In many cases, they're plates that are made for your backpack. You can put them on and they only weigh around one pound. If you're like me, you're probably thinking the bulletproof vests, right? They're, they're made of pure lead. They'll weigh you down. Not with Pawn Armor. They're effective. They're high quality. And yes, in today's world, perhaps we do need one of these, especially if you live in a, in a violent, high crime area. This may be the, the protection that you need. So what kind of protection? They offer multi-shot capacity. It's enough for stopping virtually any handgun. These plates, again, are very lightweight, high quality, and could save your life. All the plates, they're handmade in Florida in the United States. So go again to pawnarmor.us. That's pawn, P-A-W-N, armor, A-R-M-O-R, dot U-S, and make that decision to protect yourself. In a very uncertain world, guys, this could save your life. So check out pawnarmor.us. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your, in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's, it's on ImpactDefense.online. They have training that's in-person they have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, I can't stress enough right now. There is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder. Right? It's either a ghost 
or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants, me. Hey everybody, welcome to the mailbag for this week, May 11th, 2022. Again, thank you everybody for joining me here, and I want to give a shout out right off the bat to our latest greatest newest member over on patreon and that is the rocker dj so rocker dj thank you for your patronage i appreciate it enjoy your ad free stuff enjoy video i'll be putting more video up for those in the smackdown tier and higher shortly that's only uh for the again smackdown tier and higher for patreon members but everyone gets ad free so thank you dj uh you are much appreciated rocker dj we've got a couple of djs on this show and i want to be specific so thank you so much and if you want to join the rocker dj and everyone else over at patreon and get on the discord server and ad free patreon.com slash wwe podcast is the way to do it or our website which you go vip and right now you use the promo code roman and you get 50 percent off your first month as well as on apple podcasts you can click the ad free button there 99 cents a month okay so Let's get into the emails. Let's not wait. And let's start with let's start with Randy the patron. As as it feels just right. So Randy, he writes into us and he says, First, absolutely love what they're doing with the Edge group. I love that Rhea joined. She makes so much sense. Also love that they are continuing her feud with Liv Morgan. My question is who else? Maybe Ciampa or you think it's a surprise? A surprise one to join? So I think it's going to be one of two people, if not both, Ciampa and Finn Balor. If I was going to pick one, I would pick Ciampa just for the sake of help build, helping build new stars. But I also understand the temptation for Finn Balor, a guy that hasn't been doing a whole hell of a lot over the last six months, a guy that has and needs rather a jolt in his career. Yes, he's already a star. And I have advocated for him not joining the group, admittedly, but I understand the temptation because of his lack of really just quality TV time, lack of being able to cut promos, which is really killing his character. Finn is so good at uh, cutting promos. And he also has the demon character. What a perfect fit for this group. So I, I do think those are really your only two options, Ciampa or Finn. I've heard AJ could turn. I doubt it. AJ's a good baby face. He doesn't need to be in that group. Not at his age. It, not at the back nine of his career where he's at. He's got a lot more days behind him than in front of him. Definitely not a good choice. So Finn and or Ciampa or both. Next, Charlotte and Ronda was a great match. I definitely enjoyed it. Honestly, Charlotte needs a break from being champ. Not like she won't win it again, but who do you think fights Ronda now? Well, I hate to say this is an easy one because I'll probably have to eat my words. And every time, I, anytime I get arrogant with my picks or anything, it comes back to bite me in the ass. I guess that's the way the universe works. But I do think that it's going to be Bailey. Bailey put up an Instagram post very recently, 
alluding to the fact that time's almost up and she put TikTok on her uh on her on the picture. If you go look at her Instagram, you'll you'll see what I'm saying. She's very close to returning, if not this Friday. Yeah, I would have said Lacey Evans, but she's on Raw. And by the way, if anyone hasn't heard, apparently Lacey Evans is being branded as a heel. Go figure that one out after all of her Crimea River stories. Very bizarre, but we'll break that down once it actually happens. That's called uh, that was according to PW Insider, so we'll see. But anyway, uh, I think it's I think you're, to answer your question, Randy, it's probably going to be Bailey. Next, Seth and Cody. That feud is great. Two of the best talents going at it. I was so excited to see Cody and Theory in their match. It would have been great, but Seth ruined it. Do you see Cody eventually getting the European title or no? He just goes after the WWE title. Huh, European, huh? I'm going to guess that you didn't mean to say European. You meant to say universal. But I'll answer your question regardless. I've heard rumors of the European title wanting to be brought back. I'm all for it. I mean, they have a hell of a following in Europe, i.e. the European title. But it wouldn't mean much here in the United States. Plus, more titles I don't think would help, given that they already have an intercontinental title. What's the difference between intercontinental and European? I don't know, other than different words. But they cover the same spectrum of the Earth. So intercontinental, multi-continents, and European is like, well, I guess European is just a specific country. Anyway, it's overseas, right? Like non-U.S. titles. And then there's the actual U.S. title. So I'm not a big fan of bringing back uh, championships unless there's a specific purpose because more championships I in general are a bad call or like it, it waters down the existing championships as a rule of thumb and until they actually prove to me that they need an additional title or that they actually are going to take care of the ones they have and make them feel valuable instead of just for months and months and months on end just ignoring them like they did with Shinsuke Nakamura's Intercontinental Champion or you know uh I'm thinking of the women's championship with Asuka last year or two years ago when she had it and they ignored her. They do that from time to time for major championships and it's a damn shame. But um, and I don't know if that's what you meant, Randy, but if you did mean European title, you know, then I would say, uh, you know, that Cody is probably going to win a, a, a mid-tier championship, like a U- United States championship first before he gets to the WWE championship. I think that his mission statement when he first got to WWE is a long-term goal. He very well could be the one to take it off of Roman. He still could be. WWE doesn't give a damn about the draft rules anymore. It's quietly died. So he still could be the one if Drew isn't successful through the summer. So lastly, I nearly fell out of my seat when Alexa's old music hit. So glad she's back. Who is she going to feud with? Sonya? That's it this week. Talk to you next time. The patron. Yeah. Randy, well, thank you. And uh, yeah, it was very fun to hear Alexa's old music back. Yeah, even if she did still have Lily with her, I guess, as a link to the old character. So they didn't just completely transition with no explanation, although they still transition with no explanation. They're just giving you a, like an, an acknowledgement that we we know that she changed back. Here's a link to the old one. It's not a total change. Right? Maybe we'll hear from Alexa next week as to how and why things were back are back to the way they are. I, I don't I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, but uh, yeah, the the old music, Alexa Bliss's music, is a lot of fun. It's a good song. It's it's catchy. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Randy. And uh, let's see here. We are going to get to well. Let's find out. 
All right. Well, guys, that is Mr. Dennis McGinley. He says that he love or hate me. This is your overrated patron patron of the show, Mr. Dennis McGinley. And for that Detroit Kyle, I have some bad news to pass along to you, uh, dumb nut. Well, first of all, Dennis, I I gotta make sure that I played your appropriate music. It, it sent me to. Yeah, I, I want to make sure I played it correctly because that usually that's not your normal entrance music. I, I hope our production team here, uh, you, you know, uh, listened to what you wanted because I clicked on you know your 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 in, your music and made sure I played it correctly, and it didn't fit the normal bill. So maybe you're just uh, changing things up. But uh, if it's not the right one, I hey, I clicked your link, buddy. Okay, um, so the Detroit Lions are the oldest NFL team to have ever appeared in a Super Bowl and the only franchise from NFL to have never played for the trophy. Their last playoff came, victory came in 1992, and it's highly unlikely that it will change this se- next season. For your MLB baseball team, uh, Detroit Tigers, the last time they went to the playoffs was 2014 and the World Series back in 2012. I remember that very well. I'm, this is coming from me, not Dennis, because I'm a Yankees fan, and I believe they, fa- they beat the Yankees in the ALCS. I think it was like 4-1. to one. I'm pretty sure I was not happy about that. I remember they tied the game with a bunch of home runs from um, a couple of home runs from um, I forget who it was. Damn it. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember. It was somebody from the Phillies that we picked up at the last second and he tied the game and then uh, tied it again or something. But anyway, it was a very painful 2012. Dennis, you're, you're hurting me here. Uh, anyway, back to Dennis's comment. For their NBA basketball team, Detroit Pistons, the last time they won a championship was 2004, I guess that the that the Kylie shake it is over it is time that you sit your butt in that seat and listen to the coming fiction group hmm i'm not, i'm kindly asking dj kuzmo and the k dog 2805 if they like to enter and join give me a shout i am only looking for one more person and no it's uh it's not it's me on the Discord chat or by Twitter at Ginley8Dennis. That's Ginley8Dennis. So respect and honor the fiction. Have a great week, man. Talk to you the next week out. Yeah. Dennis, buddy, what? Uh, I don't know. Is there something going on in the Discord server that I don't know about? There's something going on. I don't know. I guess I need to be a more hands-on creator instead of just letting you guys run wild in the Discord chat. Maybe I need to be like a moderator for AOA. Like, remember... Maybe back those that list used to have to dial up and to get into the internet, like AOL chat rooms, they had moderators and the moderators could like kick you out and ban you and whatever. Maybe I should start doing that. Just like assume the role of an AOL chat moderator. Something's going on, guys. I'm missing it. All right, Dennis. Thanks so much, buddy. All righty. Let's uh, let's see here. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on to. Hmm. Let's see. I want to make sure it's a patron because, by the way, guys. Patrons get priority placement in the shows as far as uh, listening and reading your emails. So let's see here. We're going to go with Mr. DJ Kuzmo. Who else? And he writes in and he says, this is DJ Kuzmo back at it again. Your mailbag, no promos or shameless plugs, but you can catch that on the voice portion. Well, (laughs) voice portion of the mailbag. Well, thank you, DJ. Before we get started, just a quick mention. During the Veer Mahan versus Frank Loman match, I had to laugh at the crowd's ch- chance for he has triplets, he has triplets. That's how you know when a crowd is 
bored to tears during a match or segment? And why does Byron Saxon have to interview the local talent before they get fed to Veer Mahan? It's like when a prisoner is about to get executed and the prisoner usually gets a chance to say any last words before his execution. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually that's true. Yeah, uh, Byron Saxon would say anything, would say something like, so um, Wrestler X, any last words before you end up as a casualty tonight? And then Wrestler X would say, me as a casualty? Who are you talking about being a casualty? I'm not going to end up as a casualty. You see, Byron, I'm fighting for my tonight, my wife, my kids, this great city of blah, blah, blah. And you see my family in the front row right there. I'm fighting for them. So Veer Mahan, bring it on. And then Byron says, all right, all right, I did warn you. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Wrestler X. Anyway, the rest of the match, or the rest is history. Catch the rest on the Veer Mahan report. <laughs> Can't wait. Okay, so Street Profits, who are they? Gone are the days that the Street Profits were once the Raw Tag Team champs and the SmackDown Tag Champs of the COVID era. And you could say gone are the days that the Street Profits had any type of relevance on the main roster. Sometimes I forget that they're on Monday Night Raw. I would say, in my opinion, since the Street Profits were drafted back to Monday Night Raw last year, their win-loss record has been absolutely horrendous and almost as bad as Finn Balor's uh, record since he got drafted back to Monday Night Raw. The inconsistent booking of the Street Profits has, in my opinion, slowed any kind of momentum that they had previously had when they were on SmackDown. I understand that RK-Bro is the hottest tag team in WWE outside of the Usos, but the Street Profits should be right up there with the best of the tag teams. But with losses to RK-Bro and Alpha Academy from time to time on Raw, the Street Profits are hovering around being obscure with the poor, absolute poor booking. To make matters worse, there hasn't been any significant changes in the Street Profits character personas. They have been the same versions of themselves since debuting on the main roster back in 2019. Don't get me wrong. The Street Profits are one of my favorite tag teams in WWE. Montez Ford is uber charismatic and Angela Dawkins is a reliable role player. And they always put out really good matches. But something needs to change with this team. Sort of a refresh needs to happen. Some sort of a refresh. Who are the Street Profits? What are their purpose? Or what is it? What's their purpose? What is their backstory? Why are they a tag team? And where are they going? Last year, I was on board with having the WWE split the tag team up during the draft. There were even reports from credible sources of a plan for the WWE to split the Street Profits during the draft, kind of like how in 2020 when WWE unsuccessfully tried to split up the New Day when Big E stayed on SmackDown while Kofi and Xavier moved to Raw. I understand there is not enough tag teams in WWE, but in my opinion, when a tag team has finally reached a ceiling and has accomplished winning titles and main eventing most shows and house shows, the only way next to create some sort of storyline or friction within the tag team or like most character switches that have no explanation, rhyme or reason, you turn them heel. So back to the Street Profits as I bring this email to a close, here are some ideas of what creative can do to shake up the Street Profits. Number one, turn them heel. Since they have been a, have been slight teases of some sort of heel turn, agreed. Have Montez Ford turn on Angela Dawkins, let's say during a backstage segment when Montez blames Dawkins for having them lose another Raw tag team title opportunity to RK-Bro. And say it with me, folks, a championship contenders match. Yeah, whatever the hell that means, CJ. <laughs> I mean, no one knows what that means. Um. Send the Street Profits back to NXT to help elevate the men's tag team division and maybe even win the tag titles in NXT. Four, 
have Angelo Dawkins be written off TV via a storyline injury during a tag match on Raw, which because obviously Montez Ford is the main star of the Street Profits, and a strong singles push to the mid-upper card would make sense for Montez. Finally, number five, this is probably a long shot, but I'm going to shoot my shot with saying the Street Profits, excuse me, align with, wait for it, wait for it, a newly turned heel Bianca Belair. Ooh, let's say this heel turned, uh, let's say this heel turned uh, for Bianca Belair makes an offer to both Montez and Dawkins to help turn their obscure careers and losing streak around and help them become champions again, just like her. And then you would see from time to time, Bianca helping the street profits win tag matches via outside interference and distracting one of the heel profits opponents, the street profits opponents fast forward six to nine months into the future. After the USO somehow unified the tag titles while riddle and Orton break up and Roman reigns, the undisputed champion is on some sort of part-time schedule. We see Bianca Belair and the street profits invade SmackDown then Bianca gets on the mic and calls out the Usos to challenge the, her Street Profits for the unified tag titles. And then all of a sudden, the Usos wait for it, wait for it, Naomi. Oh, the, the future of SmackDown, oh, the future SmackDown Women's Champion comes into the ring and has a face-off with Bianca. Now let's pause right there. Imagine, just imagine with me, a six-mixed tag match at this year's Survivor Series of Bianca Belair, Belair and the Street Profits versus Naomi and the Usos. The Raw Women's Champion versus the SmackDown Women's Champion. And then you have two of the absolute best tag teams in WWE, Usos and Street Profits. And I will end here with that being said. Best regards, DJ Kuzmo signing off. Peace. All right, well, DJ, okay. I've never seen you focus on an entire a single topic for the for the entire entirety of the email, but let's let's dive into it a little bit. I love the six-man slash woman tag team match at Survivor Series. I love it. I think having Naomi align herself with her real life husband makes sense. It's fun. I mean, you're seeing women now get a little bit incorporated into the men's side of things. I mean, I know Charlotte beating up uh, Drew Gulak a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if that really qualifies, but you also have now Rhea Ripley joining Edge's group. And this would follow suit nicely. I have no problem with this. And uh, turning Bianca Belair heel, I... I don't have a problem with that per se, but I want to make sure before you turn her heel, you squeeze everything out of this baby face run because she, it, it, I think, is still well-received by the fans as a, as a whole. And Becky's just really starting to catch somewhat of fire, no pun intended, with being a heel. And, and you know, she is, I, I think, was for a while floundering in the heel baby face. I'm supposed to be healed, but people still cheer me type of thing. And so you got to be careful with that stuff because Bianca, I don't know if she's ready to be a heel. I mean, her character is already there. <laughs> I've said this before, right? You, you can't say you're the EST of everything and expect that to be a baby face character, but somehow she pulls it off, but it could easily, easily be flipped with the, the, the gust, or, or just a gentle breeze, not even a gust of wind, just a gentle breeze blowing by, and you could turn Bianca Belair heel because her character is already a heel disguised as a baby face. It's a, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's what Bianca Belair is. And I mean that in a very good way because she's her character and her demeanor have been so convincing and so well done that it doesn't 
come off heelish, even though she's saying she's the best at everything. I mean, what? how is that a likable trait, yet somehow she has turned it into that? She's the strongest, fastest, toughest, roughest, toughest. I'm the best. Look, I'm setting records. I mean, that, that you, you take that context. You, you have anybody else say it. I mean, that, that's heel work right there. And yet somehow people still cheer her on. And I, I mean, she's, she's an amazing talent and has amazing matches and she's strong as hell. We all know this, but it's, it's, it's really amazing. So turning Bianca heel isn't, it isn't going to be, wouldn't be tough to do, especially given what her character is. But, um, yeah. So, Hey, look, I like the story. I, I like your story, DJ. I think it, it's viable. And, uh, you know, the, the whole, the whole thing with the, you know, the, the, the breakup of RK bro, like that's inevitable, you know, but they're, they're squeezing everything they can out of that. I mean, when's the last time they had a tag team that hot? I mean, I don't, I don't even know the road warriors, I mean, what new age outlaws. When, when was the last time WWE had a tag team this, this big, I mean, they feel main event worthy. And last time we can say that, I don't even know. Seriously, I mean, I'm talking a real tag team. I mean, I, I would say they're they're a real tag team because they've been together a long time now, and I, I really don't know. I don't know the last time they had. I mean, what rated RKO? I, I don't know. So this is uh, something I'm I'm really enjoying. And yeah, I mean, look, turning the Street Profits heel is not that difficult. Montez Ford, I would I would advise against turning him heel. I'd turn Angela Dawkins heel. Because I think people recognize the talent of Montez Ford, and turning him babyface would play on that. Mont, you know, Dawkins is—he's a—he's a sorry, he's a—he's a supporting char- uh, character. That's all he is in, in a in a movie where you have Montez Ford as the main event. I mean, that's just the way it is. So I would turn Dawkins heel. I think Dawkins would be a much better heel. I mean, that's not to say Montez Ford couldn't do it. I think Montez Ford could do it. And he's talented enough, and he's certainly got the in-ring ability to do it. I mean, he's, Montez Ford has all the tools. But you're right. I mean, regardless of what they do here, the main point of all of this is the Street Profits need a refresh. Whether it is a heel turn or they just start to show possible cracks but ultimately stay together and be stronger, whatever it is, a change in their music, get rid of the stupid cups, come up with a new phrase besides the smoke thing. The smoke thing is beyond dead. I mean, it's something. I agree. They are now at a crossroads. They are at a crossroads. So, all right. Thank you, DJ. And let's get to another email here. Make sure I'm trying to make sure you guys that I don't miss any of you patrons because I always feel like a total jerk when I miss you. Uh, So DJ, we'll get your email as always soon, but uh, let's see. Um, Well, let's go with, uh, let's go with Sean. From New Zealand, he says, thanks for providing such deep analysis of the WWE for me for nearly probably two years. I don't always agree. That's cool. Now, look, look, I don't want everyone to agree with me. Hell, if there were more of me on the earth, this would be a bad place. I'm not just saying that it's self-deprecating humor. Like, it'd be a bad place. All right. It'd be for reasons I won't. It would just be a it'd be a fun place. But boy, it'd be a really messed up place. I almost cussed there. It'd be an effed up place. I got to get out of the after dark mode here. Sometimes I get in after dark mode. I'm like, wait, this is the PG version. So it'd be an effed up place. So anyway, but I agree that it's good that you do not agree with me, Sean, all the time. You shouldn't. I'm glad. But anyway, you say you're always appreciative to hear your view. By the way, uh, be proud of what you've created and the hosts 
of your shows. They're all five star and show passion for our common link of wrestling. I think the product is really solid at the moment. And if you're asking the question about entertainment, yeah, I'm entertained, but still cringe with certain things. That's how pro wrestling can be. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and I appreciate the, the the compliments about our show. We certainly don't always get that feedback, right? As you grow bigger and bigger, and trust me, we are not the biggest show in the world. We're, we're aspiring to be, but you know, as you grow bigger, that comes with additional criticism. That's how you know you're growing when you get a lot of trash spoken at you. I mean, with these compliments, it does kind of... You know, it, I like this stuff, Sean. I like the the compliments, of you know, and and but at the same time, just know there's a lot of negativity that comes our way that people don't know about. And it's just that's cool. That's whatever. I've learned to not give a damn. But thank you, Sean. Uh, so you have a couple of real quick thoughts. I you, you love my opinion on so Shayna. I'd love to see her win Money in the Bank and destroy Ronda. Shayna is so lethal when dominating. I'd also like to see the potentially uh, Bailey returning and aligning with AJ and Finn to counteract Rhea and Judgment Day. I know she would be a face, but that could be great as long as it was done right. Um, so but before we move on here, so I would say, you know, that Rhonda or rather Shayna needs to get back on track. We've been talking about Shayna Baszler on this show for a long time. I mean, she was Stuck in a tag team with Nia Jax. She gets out. She breaks some people's arms. Turns out she was only breaking people's arms to use that. She was being used as a tool for writing people off that were about to get fired by WWE. Man, that's the real reason, right? Eva Marie, perfect example, along, among with uh, a couple of other. Nia Jax, she was, you know, also had her arm broken by, uh, by Shayna Baszler. And turns out that was just a, she was being used as a tool to have a storyline being created to write off those individuals that were actually being fired by the company. So, but I would, I'd agree. Shayna Baszler has so much to offer and she's had so much to offer for so long and you've seen glimpses of greatness and they've shown you what bad, what kind of badass woman she can be. And then they just pull back and they pull back and I don't get it. I agree. But uh, as far as Bailey returning and aligning with AJ and Finn to counteract Rhea joining judgment day. Well, here's the problem. The problem is she's going to SmackDown. So if the draft or the brand split exists in any kind of form or fashion, you can't do that. That's the only reason I'd say no to that. Otherwise, I don't hate it. Um, I know you said that. uh, Let's see here. Well, lastly, I hope Cody Rhodes being on the money in the bank isn't trying to tell us something. Oh, being on the ad for money in the bank isn't trying to tell us something. Damn, I wish they would make Rollins great again. (laughs) <laughs> keep up your great work remember it's appreciated worldwide brother peace sean well thank you again sean that's much appreciated you know a uh, lot a lot of negativity but when you get these positive ones it's it's good stuff and you know i roll with the punches it really does not bother anymore but i do truly appreciate that thank you so yeah um look i, I think that cody being on the ad for the money in the bank pay-per-view that we're gonna call it a pay-per-view because i'm tired of correcting myself <laughs> Uh, for the Money in the Bank event, I think that that is marketing because they know that Cody Rhodes is hot. Is it a foreshadowing to anything? Look, I don't think so because honestly, I don't think WWE knows what they're doing next Monday night. There's how many times you hear about rewrites, Vince tearing up scripts. They don't know their hand from their ass half the time. Now, that doesn't that's not to say that they don't have quote-unquote long-term stories being executed. They do that often from SummerSlam to Mania. Look what happened this year. Two things happen at SummerSlam that I always say, and I'm not. I'm not saying I'm the smart one that always says this. Every, I mean, 
most podcasters or uh, wrestling fans that have been watching a while know that things can happen at SummerSlam that are planted seeds wise that grow over time and are, um, are are shown off at WrestleMania, whatever they planted at SummerSlam. Look what happened to Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Becky Lynch returns to SummerSlam, beats Bianca in 17 seconds with the manhandle slam, and that made its way all the way to WrestleMania. Same with Brock Lesnar showing up at SummerSlam to confront Brock uh, Roman Reigns. They had a couple of matches that ultimately ended at WrestleMania. So it happens. But when you're talking about money in the bank, I mean, I don't think it's a just because he's on the marketing and the, on the actual ad for money in the bank that may not while when they created that I don't think they had in their minds we're putting Cody on this to foreshadow he's winning money in the bank now that could happen after the ads created I just don't have faith in WWE to come up with something long term more often than not so I think it's possible that Cody still wins money in the bank. Now we'll get there when we get there. We're still, you know, a few months away, but I think that's possible. Do I think it's an outright foreshadowing of him winning money in the bank? No, but I think it still could happen based on everything as of right now. Again, things could change in a month, two months, of course, but that's how it stands right now for me. All right. Thanks, Sean. And let's continue on with the emails. Only a couple more. And then I promise we're going to get to those beloved voicemails. We uh, are going to go to, let's see, we're going to go to Phil from the UK. He says, love the podcast. It's my soundtrack to my run. Well, well, keep running, buddy. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going. We're No, 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 no. Don't stop. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing that maybe you, <laughs> this show just motivates you because maybe we anger you so much that it motivates you to keep running. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I used to run myself, and it's not an easy thing. Like yeah, I gotta say, running is a mental, mental job, especially if you're just starting out or you don't have the body type that really is made for that. Like my body type is not the tall and uh, skinny physique that is usually best for running and most efficient. I'm kind of like the shorter, stockier kind of guy that I had to force myself into running. But it can be great. I gotta say, running is a therapeutic thing, if for nothing else. So uh, keep going, buddy. All right, first time writing in. So just after Backlash, which was an okay show, I wasn't excited about it or about the show. It didn't make me want to stay up to 1 a.m. Caught it the next day and thought it was just okay. Couple of questions. Did you happen to notice the Money in the Bank advertisement? Cody mentioned that winning Money in the Bank got you a spot at the main event of WrestleMania. Not a title shot anytime, anywhere like normal. Found that very interesting. Okay, so now you guys are, and I did not put this question in strategically. Now there's a pattern of questions that just kind of happened where we had Sean and now Phil from the UK both point out, and I missed it, that Cody was on the uh, Money in the Bank advertisement. But this adds to what Sean said. It builds on it and says that Cody mentioned that winning Money in the Bank gets you a spot in the main event of WrestleMania, not a title shot anytime, anywhere like normal. Maybe they're changing that. First of all, good observation, Phil. Thank you. I missed it. And if that's true, and I'll take that at face value, don't think you're lying or you misheard. I would say that it might have been a uh, a a misspoken phrase by Cody. Because I think if they are suddenly changing the rules where the winner of the Money in the Bank briefcase can only main event WrestleMania, well, what the hell does the Royal Rumble do? 
You know, and I, I think you, you, you really box yourself in and also take away some of the fun of money in the bank of it can be anytime, anywhere. If you know, if WWE changes it and all of a sudden you, you know that it's, oh, what's well, going to be a main event, right? It, it takes a lot of the fun and, and speculation out of it. And it also really hamstrings their own creative because that's something that creative must love. They can do this anytime within a year for any reason with anyone, right? Instead of boxing it in, the Rumble already takes care of something with the main event of WrestleMania. You know, so I, I hope that's not the case and he just misspoke. Anyway, okay, so continuing. I think Drew and Roman will be a great program. I do think they will have Drew lose the first two matches, possibly Money in the Bank and SummerSlam, then have Drew win the belt, which is the WWE Championship, at the pay-per-view in Wales. Give Drew his moment in front of his home fans. I think that would be a great thing for him, and he needs a title win in front of a crowd. So, yes, uh, again, it's, I'm, I'm conflicted because my knee-jerk reaction to Roman losing after this, this amazing run he's been on, I've, I've been steadfast about saying it should be somebody they can build upon. But who exactly, who is, who is that now, right? Like, you look around. Who on the SmackDown or Raw roster, or even NXT, that could, say somebody from NXT comes up. Okay, you have somebody in mind from NXT. Oh, this person would be great. Well, then, first of all, you got to introduce him to the main audience that probably doesn't know who the hell he is. A fraction of who people that watch Raw and SmackDown watch NXT, probably about half or less when you look at the numbers and ratings. So you need to build that person up for several months, many months, to make somebody feel like they're deserving of taking the belt off Roman. If that's somebody from NXT, but if you don't take someone from NXT and just want to take somebody that's existing on the roster, there's really nobody better than Drew. There's, I'm sorry, there's not. Okay, Seth Rollins, you can make a case, but he's a, he's a heel, you know. And I think Seth should be champion. But right now, Drew, in terms of baby faces, if it's present as it's presently constituted, Drew should be the guy to do it. He's still kind of young, kind of, you know, in terms of professional sports athletes, and and he's still got a lot of gas left in the tank. He could use this to springboard himself to the next level of his career. He's pro- he's a proven main eventer. He's a made guy, but he's hasn't reached his full potential yet. As I've said, Drew is the best case so far since Roman won the belt at SummerSlam in 2020 to take the belt off of Roman. He is the best case so far out of everyone he's faced in the last year and a half. So I, I'm with you, buddy. You know, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. One last thing. I'm incensed that Seth did not capture the WWE Championship. Instead, they gave it to Brock. Can you see any way for Seth back for uh, way back for Seth in the title picture? Great show. Not yet joined on Patreon. Would love to chat and be on the show once it's once that happens is possible. Cheers, Phil. Well, thanks, Phil. Anytime. Patreon's open. So, look. As far as Seth goes, I just mentioned. I mean, Seth should have been champion like four months ago. I mean, or or rather, at the very least, at WrestleMania. But since they put all their chips on the table with Brock and Roman, which I totally disagreed with, and I still disagree with because they don't even know what the F to do with Roman right now. And, it, and apparently, he's taking a reduced schedule. If he's taking a reduced schedule, that means that not only does Raw not have a champion, not only does SmackDown uh, barely see Roman, but now he's going to be on TV less, which means the titles are going to be kind of hoarded away and hidden. Like when Brock Lesnar was champion for like 18 years, 
right? When he was champion and people complained about him not being there, he's an absentee champion. But again, he's the unified champion. Here's the thing. I don't know how they're going to defend. Roman's going to defend the championship. Does he defend it separately? Does he defend it together? Is there going to be, it looks like it's going to be, it's unified. But what exactly does that mean? Does that mean he can still decide to separately defend them? It's very interesting. They, they have booked themselves into a weird place, and they clearly had no idea what the hell they were going to do after WrestleMania. It was it was very clear that they got to Mania, everyone took a breath, and then they said, oh, crap, what do we do now? Is, is this championship really unified? Are we going to change the look of the belt? Is it going to be one belt? Does Roman defend it more than once? Well, crap, he wants a reduced schedule. How does that work? Does Raw have a champion? They don't, but Seth deserves it. There's so many things that they did at WrestleMania that, that I still don't agree with. Um, I mean, Seth Rollins, how does he get back into it? They need to somehow get one of the belts off of Roman and let Raw have a champion again. That's it. That's it. That's the only way. So, all right. Thanks so much, Phil. Let's, uh, let you know what? Let's. T- it's a good time to take a break. I, my voice needs a break, and I think you guys need a break from me just droning on. I've only got a few more emails and then I'm going to get to voicemails. But before we get to those final emails, I want to give a little bit of love to the sponsors of today's show, and then we'll be right back. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's it's on ImpactDefense.online. They have training that's in person. They have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, I can't stress enough right now. There is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder, right? It's either a ghost <laughs> or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And w- imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. So we all know today's world is just crazy, right? And we'd love some protection. Well, that's where pawnarmor.us comes in. Why do we need protection? Why are we choosing pawn armor? To protect us. Well, protection is something that many people need, but don't have enough access to. And that's where Pawn Armor comes in. And when you choose Pawn Armor, you're choosing a team of licensed manufacturers that make your safety the top priority. You're choosing affordability that doesn't compromise on quality. And most importantly, you're choosing protection you can count on. So what do they sell? What are we talking about? We're talking about bulletproof plates. And these plates aren't 100 pounds. In many cases, they're plates that are made for your backpack, 
you can put them on and they only weigh around one pound. If you're like me, you're probably thinking the bulletproof vests, right? They're, they're made of pure lead, they'll weigh you down. Not with Pawn Armor. They're effective, they're high quality, and yes, in today's world, perhaps we do need one of these, especially if you live in a, in a violent, high crime area. This may be the, the protection that you need. So what kind of protection? They offer multi-shot capacity. It's enough for stopping virtually any handgun. These plates, again, are very lightweight, high quality, and could save your life. All the plates, they're handmade in Florida in the United States. So go again to pawnarmor.us. That's pawn, P-A-W-N, armor, A-R-M-O-R, dot U-S, and make that decision to protect yourself. In a very uncertain world, guys, this could save your life. So check out pawnarmor.us. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, let's move on here. Let's get through the last of these, uh, last of these emails, and then voicemails are on the way. All right, let's get to, let's see here. Ah, I know where we're going to get to. Let's talk uh, to Rocky from Houston, Texas. Rocky, I want to apologize. I missed your email last week. I was going to put it on my other show. I got totally bogged down with backlash and the review and the preview show and setting up co-hosts. And I had technical problems with co-hosts. It was a mess. So my bad. Totally my bad. But now we're going to make it up to you. We're going to talk to uh, or answer your email here. And let's see here. So. This is, uh, again, Rocky from Houston, Texas. He's, you say, the Silver Fox here emailing for the first time. Long-time listener, weekly voice caller. I've been sitting back listening and reading emails from all the wannabe promo cutters. To all the Kyles and all the dumb nut, double nuts, and bubble... I thought you were going to say bubble butts. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. I don't know why I said uh, But you said bubble heads. I- I'm going to change that, though. I'm going to say that you said uh, to all the Kyles and all the dumb nuts, double nuts, and bubble butts. How about that? That just, <laughs> I don't know. Now everyone's got the bubble, bubble, bubble butt song in their head. You're welcome. Uh, so you say that Rocky T, the silver uh, from Houston, the silver fox is speaking. When my mic goes up, your mics go down. I'm so iconic and you, uh, you're so not. Know your role and shoosh. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm T-Mobile. I have the most 5G. You'll be somewhere down the list trying to catch up to me. Ah, we're going a little Dr. Thugonomics here. Let's do it. Y'all somewhere up north, maybe out west or to the east. If you travel to the third coast, our resident dead man will have your souls to feast. Okay, before I continue, I have now been I have now proven to myself that I should not leave my day job or take up a second or third job as a uh, like a rapper, right? My rhythm and cadence is embarrassing but let's continue anyway because this is fun uh cruising in let's see how bad i can do here cruising in on a drop top chevy with the roof wide open after i run you down i'll check to see if your eyes are open hope my point is clear everything is proven even when my car is parked the rims will keep moving will whack you like sopranos blip you like thanos okay i don't think i can get any more white right now like i (laughs) i mean I'm as white as I'm like a, I'm like Casper right now. Why would y'all want to start a tongue twist? In other words, a word challenge. 
at the end of the business day, I'll leave you with triple zeros in your bank balance. <laughs> okay, this is a song from something I'm missing it. But that, I don't know. I, I, I'm not up to date on what all the kids are doing these days. I talk money, all my words are profits. Mess with Space City. I thought you said MySpace. <laughs> I'm just making up crap right now. You'll be blasted off on a rocket or I'll drop kicked so hard you'll wake up in the multiverse. Holy bleep, holy bleep. Holy double Bible verse. I'll punt you in the head like the legend killer, then throw you over the top like a Royal Rumble winner. I'm filet yawn and y'all just a Tuesday special, two-piece chicken dinner. All you jamokes shut your mouth when you're talking to me and watch your tone as a Rocky T sit on the Iron Throne. Oh, a little Game of Thrones reference here. And y'all going down, I'm yelling timer. And you better move, everybody. Look. I'm a beast and kingslayer. I'll smash you like that boy hook and scene. P.S. You put the ass in embarrassment, the boo and taboo, and the suck in liposuction. Wait, is this? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, am I getting this from like, uh, hold on. Let me, let me think. Of, this is from a movie. Is that from like Freddie Prince? Is it from like She's All That? There's, there's something that I think it's from like an early 2000s movie here. There's so, something here. Um, I know, I know there is. Also, you put the brat and bratwurst in the. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is, this is, is yes, 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 yes. This, <laughs> thank you. I know what you're doing here. Oh my god. I'm, okay, so you said you also put the brat and bratwurst in the Jew and jujitsu and the is and the ism in this is just a defense mechanism. You might all not get the reference, but Matt will. Okay, first of all, I thought it was. She's all that, but then I realized it was the movie I was talking about last week with um, the not another teen movie reference. That is hilarious. <laughs> so, thank you. Oh my God, Rocky. Good, good, uh, you know what? Good, shh, you know what? Oh my gosh. Guys, I mean, maybe your humor is completely different from mine. And if it is, then you're probably, you're probably completely repulsed by me right now. But, uh, I mean, if you're okay, I'm 37. I grew. I was born in 85, so I grew up in the 90s, and I saw all of those movies. I like she's all that was a big one. Uh, not another t- or, um, uh, scary movie original. Scary movie two. Scary, by the way, scary movie two is the best of all of them. When they went to Hell House, so just if you've seen scary movie, if you haven't, good God, go see it. But the thing is, if you haven't, if you see these movies in the early 2000s, like scary movie. They reference other movies. And if you haven't seen those movies that you grew up with, then it doesn't make any sense to watch a, a, a mocking, a mocking, um, a mo- not a mockumentary, but like a a parody of a movie that you haven't seen anyway, because then it's not funny. But Scary Movie 2, for those that are in somewhat of my age group, you know what I'm talking about, is probably the best. I mean, Scary Movie 3 was okay. Then they went to 4 and 5. I don't even think I saw them. But not another teen movie is what Rocky is referencing here. And to me, that is one of the best parody movies parody movies were kind of a thing in the uh, early 2000s you know you're making me want to watch it again and that and mean girls because mean girls i don't care what anyone says is a great movie like with uh, Lindsay lohan excellent movie i have to say and i am not afraid ashamed to say that you know i'm, I'm not you know i, I might have been you know 15 20 years ago i am not anymore okay i'm loud and i'm proud uh, okay anyway all right so uh, there's some movie uh, recommendations for those of you that are probably shaking your head like, dude, don't 
those are awful. What are you talking about? Oh, well. Anyway, let's move on to something that we all can agree on that we like. It's wrestling. That's why you're listening. So let's go to Jim from PA to cleanse our palate from this nonsense. Thank you, Rocky, by the way. And he says, uh, I watch Backlash, and if I was rating it, I would give it a B plus. So I think Ronda's first opponent should be Shayna because that would make for a good program. Do you think they will do the tag team unification match? If so, do you think it will be at Hell in a Cell? Okay, so I like, I actually, while I said it was going to be Bailey that faces Ronda, perhaps they wait until SummerSlam for that. That's a big time matchup. So in the meantime, they hand her some kind of B players that they know have no chance of beating Ronda Rousey, like Shayna. And she, you know, they, they feed her to, they feed them to Ronda to get through the next couple of months. But Bailey is the one that ultimately faces Ronda at SummerSlam. So I don't dislike it. And I think I've proved myself wrong. But I, I mean, Bailey Ronda is happening. But maybe they wait till SummerSlam because that's a big time matchup. So do I think they'll still have the unified tag team match? Yes, I do. I don't think it'll be in the cell because I think that's, well, I was going to say that's reserved for Cody and Seth because I think it is, but there's two matches usually that are inside the cell. There should be only two and that's it. I mean, I wouldn't have any if it was, this pay-per-view wouldn't exist if I was in charge, but if you're going to have another, this one is also deserving. So you know what? I'm going to say yes. Now, I understand some people say, what about the women? They need representation. Well, yeah, but are there programs worthy of it right now? Really? You're going to have Ronda and what, Shayna? That doesn't make sense. Even Ronda Bailey doesn't make sense right now. The, the program, to me, at least has to make somewhat sense that it's inside the cell. And I think, really, the unification match is worthy of it. And it ups the ante. And it makes it even more fun because all four of those men could kill it inside the cell and put on a better match than I think really any other program could outside of Cody and Seth part three. And finally, I had read that Roman is taking time off. So do you think they will have him drop both titles? Maybe just the WWE one. And that's all for now. So, you know, okay. I've addressed this a little bit already about Roman taking time off and you can Google it all over the place. I even put a video up about it on my TikTok account, which by the way, you can go follow me on TikTok at the WWE podcast. And I'm also on truth social, by the way, those that are on truth social at the WWE podcast there. So, I would say that that's not a bad idea. Here's how you get the title off Roman without actually having him incur a loss, thus preserving his winning streak, is to do exactly what you said, Jim. I like it. Have WWE management say, Raw needs a champion. We need to take a championship off of you. Force Force Roman's hand where he didn't lose the belt. Management just declared they need a champion to, to be there on a consistent basis for for Raw's sake, for ratings. I mean, they, they could be honestly truthful about it. And that, I like that because it, it kind of kills two birds with one stone. Raw gets a champion back, and also Roman doesn't have to take a loss. The only downside is, which I know people don't care about, most people, is that the whole unification purpose of WrestleMania is there in null and void. You know, so that's the only downside. All right. Let's see here. I want to make sure that I get everybody in. Uh, So we're going to get to Jeff from the Philippines, and I believe this is the final email, and then we're jumping into voicemails headfirst, and we're going off the diving board into the deep end there. All right, let's move on. Uh, So Jeff from the Philippines, he writes in and says, this hasn't been a good week 
for a lot of us here because of the election. A lot of people would rather believe false information than the truth. Now it's at the point where another Marcos would take a seat for presidency. Okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to declare ignorance on this, Jeff. I really have no idea what you're talking about. That's why well, I mean, I, I can decipher what you said. I, I haven't been following the, uh, the Philippines po- uh, politics that much. Yeah. I mean, you look at the news cycle here. I will, I'll be honest, Jeff, in the United States, the news cycle right now is it's very focused on Ukraine and the whole war in Ukraine. Um, and, and sending billions of dollars over there. It's focused on the, the, the 2022 midterm elections that are taking place here. Okay. That that's also a kind of a, a big thing that's happening. And coronavirus is also still kind of in and out of the news cycle as well. So there's a whole lot of that. I mean, there's honestly, that's, that's pretty much it. And the Johnny Depp trial, like people care about that. (laughs) So, um, you know, they don't tell us a whole lot about the Philippines. So you'll have to, uh, I guess, enlighten us a little bit. So here are your points in wrestling. Just a couple. Number one, WWE apparently are interested in bringing back a big cast after he had a match against Wardlow on last week's AEW dynamite. I don't know how he would do in the main roster since there are already some big guys in there like Omos, commander Aziz and Gunther Morrissey or Big Cass, as he's known, is currently signed with Impact Wrestling. Do you think WWE will actually sign him when his contract expires? The man is in really good shape compared to his run in WWE. Yeah, I did see him. And, you know, I saw some really concerning video of him a a year or two ago where he was he looked I'm sorry, he looked kind of fat. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He he put on a ton of weight. But since then, he's turned his life around and and apparently um, and I'm not making light of this at all. This is serious. Um you know, all jokes aside, he apparently tried to take his life. You know, he was in a really dark place and, you know, thank God he was unsuccessful or, uh, you know, that thing, I mean, it would have been tragic. So hopefully he got the help he needs and it's sustainable help. I, you know, hopefully he doesn't revert back to whatever brought him into that dark hole. Um, so with that said, I mean, yeah, he's got himself in much better shape. And I think he has value on the microphone. He's really good on the mic. People underestimate how good Big Cass was on the mic. I mean, really, seriously. And also, you know, they do have a lot of big men, but Commander Aziz is a joke the way they that they portrayed him. Uh, Gunther is kind of on his own war path, doing his own thing. And Omas is the big man that took the place of Braun Strowman. So bringing in Big Cass, I don't think it's a bad idea. He's athletic. I would just, if I was WWE, I would make sure that his head is right. Yeah, And is there really a need for him there? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that other than to say he's he looks like he's in better mental and physical shape than he was when he left. And that is always appealing if you're an organization that likes big men and WWE loves their big men. Vince loves them. Right. Number two, it was reported that uh, by the observer that Fox wants to ex- uh, wants exclusivity to certain WWE talent. Roman Reigns currently is the top champion for both brands since he also holds the WWE title. Do you think he's going to drop the belt after a few months and stop appearing on Raw? This might also be the reason why the tag title unification didn't happen at Backlash. I want to know your opinion. Hope everything is all right over there. Thanks. Well, thank you, Jeff. And, you know, I guess it's it's all perception. I mean, it depends who you ask if things are all right. I mean, some people think the world's coming to an end. Some people love their life. Some people don't. 
I'm, I, I can't complain. But I will say, as far as your question regarding this goes, I would not be surprised that Fox said that. There, is, there were rumors of that heading back to the draft last year that they wanted and required that Roman be on their TV uh, or be on that program. And if they want exclusivity to Roman, that would absolutely dictate that Roman does drop the belt in a scenario that I just talked about, that maybe he drops the belt because you know management says that he has to drop one of the belts, even though it's unified. Um, I, I don't hate that. I really don't. And it would be the WWE title that he would drop. He should keep the universal. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I believe that Fox would say that. And I also believe that if they do that, that they can't have Roman. It, I don't understand why they want exclusivity. I mean, I, I mean, I get it and I don't. Right. Like, I understand why they would want it, because then the only way you can see Roman is by tuning into Fox. But at the same time, those same fans are going to be tuning into Raw regardless. You're not getting a bump from him only being on SmackDown. I don't know. But I think that he'll drop a belt. And if he does drop one of the belts, if they decide to defend them separately, would be the WWE title. That would go to Raw and Roman can remain on SmackDown where he, I think, belongs. Okay, that concludes our beloved email portion. Now it's even going to get better because we're about to dive into voicemails. So let's do that right now. Hello, WWE Podcast World. This is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. Recording to you live once again on a Tuesday evening, on a glorious Tuesday evening. We have just been removed from WrestleMania Backlash. And it's that time again, folks, for your favorite show every single week. And I'm talking about the fear behind report. And just like every single Monday Night Raw where we get a chance to see Veer Mahan, I always share my two cents in the Veer Mahan Report. Now, the Veer Mahan Report has been brought to you by the SmackDown Review Podcast. I'm talking about Michael Ritter and John Carrasco breaking it down every single week. What happens on SmackDown? What's going on with Roman Reigns and the Usos? And everything in between, I'm talking about the SmackDown review podcast with our boys one of the greatest tag teams on the Smackdown tag team division not just the Usos but I'm talking about our guys the BBB or the Blue Brand Brawlers that's right Michael Ritter John Carrasco consistently every single week serving up with the Smackdown review podcast show some love give them a listen most importantly, get on Patreon where you can listen to their podcast without no ads because I am sick and tired of those goddamn ads. Are you sick and tired of these goddamn ads? But now let's get back to the Veer Mahan Report. And just like last week and the other weeks of Monday Night Raw, Veer Mahan once again victorious in another squash match by the by the uh, a, a guy by the name of Frank Loman. Who's that? Who's Frank Loman? And just to say, this guy looks just like Warlord. I'm like, is this some sort of rib on AEW? The guy looks just like Warlord. I was like, is this some sort of impersonation? Is this sort of some sort of joke? But anyway, Veer Mahan dominated this match in 1 minute and 43 seconds. Uh, we did get to see some interesting technical uh, movesets from our from my guy Veer Mahan he did do a side slam he did do some sort of a, a waist lock and all that other stuff that he, he did in his arsenal of moves and once again Veer Mahan 
is victorious in five and oh but come on wwe give me more opponents that are credible at least people that have names we all we don't know these these guys these no names of the past jobbers even dominic mysterio we had sam smothers we had bert hansen we even have jeff brooks and now we have a look like uh, a look like of, of warlord called a uh, frank loman oh i'm fighting for my family my wife and my triplets for crying out loud give us some credible opponents for veer mahan and once again five and oh and continuing to dominate on monday night raw with that being said i hope you all have a blessed week and i'll talk to you all next time all right dj thank you for your impassioned analysis of the veer mahan report and yeah i mean without you we would have the most important storyline in wwe history completely uh, you know wrapped up like we we wouldn't know about this we wouldn't be able to dive into one of the most just just absolutely genius storylines that WWE's had in the last 30 years without you dj i mean we would come be completely blind to it so thank you for your analysis i mean but in all seriousness i really i think they have something with Vera mahan i don't know what it is and i've said this last week and the week before and the week before that that they need to kind of move on to at least some normal talent not these no names and the triplets thing and th- that we talked about earlier in your email is you know the crowd was clearly not into it nor should they be what's the point of it i mean the point of it is to just kind of create some bond with the crowd like they had some they had him talk and they were supposed to bond with him over you know the fact that oh he has wife and kids and look what Vera Mahan did what a mean man oh i want somebody to beat him up right that's essentially what they tried to do is give you some reason to dislike Veer Mahan and like this guy that you've never seen before, you know, and what's, what's more emotional than your wife and kids. I guess they're trying transparently to try to relate to people, I think, but yeah, I mean, I want Veer Mahan to do something relevant. That means not these no name people. I'm ready for him to move on. And I think you are too, JJ. sounds like it. So, all right. Thank you, Mr. DJ Kuzmo. Let's continue on with our voicemail. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So from tonight's uh, backlash show was good. Two things, though. One, they're going to have to make some type of announcement Monday night. When Raw comes on, Piers or, or DeVille has to talk about what they're going to do with the championships because that needs to change. You either take one of those heads off of Reigns badly. So do you hopefully make some type of announcement on Raw tomorrow? That's one. Two, it's about Rhea Ripley. Uh, I guess you're becoming the next opponent for Bianca because I don't know who else is there. Excuse <coughs> me. I don't know who else is there. There's, I guess there's, you know, there's, there's Becky, but, and Rhea. There's only the two names. Credible enough for Bianca Belair, who's realistically who could take the title off of off of her. So those were two thoughts. But they shall call. Bye. Hey Kyle. So the belt off of Roman. I mean, I've covered this now. I seeming seemingly at length. So I probably already answered that about they need to make some kind of announcement. And I I would agree. Like they can't just have Roman. If he's on a little more limited schedule and, hey, more power to him, but they can't have him, you know, sucking the life out of the top championships where really not just Raw, but SmackDown starts to suffer, too, where there's no top champion. 
Yeah. The, the good thing is, if you're looking at a silver lining, it allows these other championships to breathe. You, you, you use this as an opportunity to help elevate those mid-card belts and the women's championships, right? More spotlight to the U.S. and Intercontinental. That makes them feel more important if those top belts aren't on, on Raw or SmackDown, right? So that's one thing if they decide not to go that road of stripping Roman of one of the belts. Uh, as far as who's next for Bianca, I mean, like, you could use Rhea Ripley. Like you said, Rhea Ripley, if it, has anyone forgotten or has, have we forgotten how good Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair are together? The Royal Rumble last year, not I guess in 2021, not 2022, they were the last two in the Rumble with Bianca obviously winning the Rumble in 21. But they had an amazing finish to that. They work so well together. In NXT, they work really well together. They can go, and I think that they will be an excellent matchup. Rhea and Bianca are going to be fun. A lot of fun. That's what I want to see. Now, do I think maybe they wait till SummerSlam? I don't know. Maybe they, they, they could still run a program through SummerSlam now. I mean, we're almost in the middle of May. You have to get to August. Eh, three months is a long time. So I don't know. It's a thought, but I, I'm really looking forward to Rhea and uh, and Bianca. I think that those two are going to kill it in the ring. They're both powerhouse women, similar styles. Bianca is a little more athletic, but Rhea is a little bit more physical in her style, where Bianca is more gymnastics-based, kind of. I think they're going to do excellent. I, I can't wait for their matchups. They, they, we could be looking at some of their matchups in a few months and going, oh, my God, that, that was WrestleMania-worthy. I It's possible. Not saying it's going to happen, but we could be. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Let's continue on here. Hello, everyone. This is Memphis Mark calling you from Mullet Manor. Uh, had to take a week off there to get everything, uh, try to get everything right back out of here at Mullet Manor. Here we go. Uh, thing I want to mention, uh, I was very uh, pleased with Edge's work. Cut his hair. You know, new look. Uh but I didn't know if anybody noticed that he was using Stris, uh, Stris uh opening little line when it says, uh, you think you know me. So it was something totally different there. Uh, and a lot of people have uh, mentioned how it has been freely spoken of 420 and a lot of the other stuff that's been kind of loosely thrown around. Well, what that goes down to is about four years ago, Vince bought into a very large hemp farm. And uh, I think his his um, his mm, harshness on the manor has kind of lightened uh, since he's become a uh, owner and uh, and seen how things go. Uh, the Damien and Rhea Ripley I think was great. Everything was great. Omos is getting his Andre the Giant walk down. Thought that was really cool. Thought all the girls did a great job today. But one thing I have been kind of harsh on, and that was Cody Rhodes have not given him the proper respect, did a little more checking into things, and then I started looking at uh, things on the other side. So I've kind of made remarks about how he's lived off of Dusty's thing, uh, legacy, but then I had to look at it on the other side. What would it be like to be Dusty's son and have to carry that reputation around, have to walk with that name? I think he's done a fantastic job on furthering the product. Uh, the character, uh, the myth, the legend. Um, so I, I've been a little harsh when I am, uh, uh, and I'm wrong, I admit it. So anyway, that's pretty much the way things are going this week. Uh hope everybody has a great day, and remember to spay and neuter. I'm out. There he is, the legend himself, Memphis Mark, joining us here on the podcast. Uh, 
great to hear from you. Glad all is well. And I did not know. I feel like I say that every time you you come on the show that you always present something we don't know, but that's great. Uh, Vince bought into a hemp farm, a, a, and he softened himself on the matter. Well, I would also say that in the United States in general have softened themselves on the whole, uh, you know, marijuana thing. I mean, here in New York, it's now legal after, you know, it being illegal forever. Uh, I think a lot of other states are also following suit. So it's not doesn't have the stigma attached to it that it used to. So that reference by Riddle on Raw made some people laugh, but also said, oh, wait. Should we be mad at this? It's illegal now, right? For most of us, not all of us. Um, you know, and D- Damien and Rhea being great. Yeah, both of them. I have zero complaints right now. I agree. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. So here's that's a fun way or a different way, a more fair way to look at it with Cody Rhodes. And really anyone that is the son or daughter of a legendary wrestling figure. I mean, look at Charlotte, right? She is. You may say that having a last name helps you get into the business, right? Like having the right last name can open doors for you. That's absolutely true. I don't think anyone would deny that having the right last name could help open more doors for you than somebody that is off the street that doesn't have an established family legacy. But at the same time, you are now held to the standard that that person who opened the door for you had like Cody, who had Dusty as his dad, like Charlotte, who had Ric Flair as her father, right? So those individuals, yeah, you can criticize them for, well, you're only here because of your last name, but you may have been able to walk in the door because of your last name, but you're not going to just stay because of your last name, nor are you going to be really having have the same bar that everyone else has because of your last name. Like you're, you're, you're right. You're carrying the burden of that last name because people know you got in there because of your last name, especially if you're using the same last name, like Charlotte is like Cody is, and you're not hiding it or pretending to be somebody else. You now have a higher expectation attached to you that that common person didn't. Now that common person may have scratched and clawed and done everything they could and it struggled for years to get into the business that you were just handed an opportunity to walk into, but they also don't have the burden of a family legacy to live up to. They don't have anything negative that came with possible negative things that came with that family name. They also don't have that same bar set that you have because of your last name. So that's exactly right, Mark. Good stuff. All right, let's continue on and see who else wants to talk today. Hi, this is Reggie from Arkansas. And um, I just wanted to say that y'all on the WWE podcast are doing an amazing job. Shout out to Michael Ritter for the SmackDown review. Matt, with your Raw review and everything that you do. Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, everybody on the podcast, amazing job. But I wanted to get into WrestleMania Backlash. Overall, I thought it was a B minus, B plus. I felt like there were some things that they could have done better, but overall, a great, great show. It blew my expectations. It was just a great show. Um, yeah, um, now to the task at hand and the question that everyone wants to know, what is up with Roman Reigns, our tribal chief? Who is his next challenger? What's going to go on? Is it 
this Rock Roman match going to be happening at WrestleMania 39? Or, you know, you just really don't know what's going on with that. But I'm really interested in seeing how WWE books Roman over these next couple of months and with the stadium shows, what uh, matchups he's going to have. And I have a couple of theories myself on how Roman and Rock get to that match and a multiple different other scenarios. But it looks like I'm running out of time this week. But I will be calling back next week. And like I said before, good job, guys, and y'all have a blessed day. Thank you. Hey, Reggie from Arkansas. Well, I'm glad you decided to call in. I appreciate the compliment. You know, with all this positivity this week, I feel like we got a lot of negative reviews coming or something. The universe balances things out. So uh, I appreciate everybody for all these compliments this week, and I, I do have a great team behind me. It's definitely not just me, for sure. I mean, I, I this show would not exist not only without the listeners, but without the great team of co-hosts that we have and uh, everybody covering AEW and NXT and, you know, the, the retro show from Anthony and, you know, obviously uh, the Raw review that I do. But I, I only do a, a few shows a week. Everyone else takes the, you know, the... Uh, the, the the largest amount of the burden and i appreciate that so thanks uh, reggie and i hope all is well with you down in arkansas there and backlash yeah I, I would agree as a whole it exceeded my expectations too the wrestling was really good i i would agree that it was a b plus show i think what also made it great was the time it wasn't like wrestlemania length of time it, it was a manageable amount of time it also had a manageable amount of matches on it i think it was only six matches that's great love it it allows the, the matches to to breathe, to grow, to tell a story. You know, you don't have to rapid fire through stuff just so that you can get 10 matches on the card when it could have been cut to six, right? So I think that this was, I would agree with you, Reggie. And as far as Roman, yeah, Roman and Rock, I mean, I've kind of retired myself from that. I've talked about it so much that I've talked myself into it happening so much with the Golden Egg storyline at Survivor Series. I said, that's it, right? It didn't happen. You know, these anniversary shows or WrestleMania come, came and went, no rock. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it still could happen at 39, but the question is, should it be for the championship? Eh, I say no, it shouldn't, because that automatically tells me the outcome of that match. Rock ain't winning, right? I, I want it non-title. To me, adding a title to this would, re, uh, would actually... I think take away from what this match is because of the, when you add the title, it automatically tips the outcome to Roman Reigns' favor. There's no way they're going to give the belt to The Rock, nor should they. I wouldn't want them to. As great as The Rock is, The Rock should not have that belt. No way. So, thanks, Rocky. I appreciate again the compliments, and I hope that uh, all's well. All right, a few more voicemails, and we'll close things out tonight. What's up, Matt? Rocky T here from Houston. The Houston Silver Fox, I'm going to go ahead and give you all installment two of Rocky T's Rapid Fire. First on the list, to Randy the Patreon, or as Mr. Mr. Kajra fan would say, just the Patreon. Um, anybody with a young child, from the time they're able to climb or jump off the couch or gestures, put that kid on a wrestling crash course. Start with the old school attitude era all the way through to, the, to today's product and let them learn to love it like we do. My kid has been doing elbow drops. And Frog Slashes on to me since he was three, and now he's seven. So he's on his way, and we'll be sending him to Booker T's wrestling school here in Houston, Texas, when he is of age. Second on the list, Mr. Dennis McKinley, Rocky T, has his pick up on Patreon. I will show my face. I'm not afraid. Uh, let's see. What's next? What's next? Uh, some, let's do some uh, California Fire here. Uh, Whatever Eagles promo about uh, taking people to the mat 
and uh, taking off the skin, making them feel like they died a thousand deaths. That was just California fire. Uh, Rhea Ripley's black hair, California fire. Roman's heel uh, move in the tag match where he tagged in, teased the crowd, tagged out. Also, that was a Texas size fire. Uh, even if Rollins loses the third uh, match between him and Rhodes, uh, he can still pull out a big victory down down the road. Uh, like I said last week, uh, we still see Rollins as a contender and a title contender at that. Even with the uh, three uh, Rhodes victories, uh, we'll still believe in him. And I believe the three victories, if he does get the third one, is just a way of building up Rhodes as having three victories over, you know, one of the best guys in the business. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Mother's Day event, uh, for me this past Sunday ran a little long, so I did not get to join Discord, the Discord server with y'all. So maybe next time. I'm a little bummed about that, but hopefully I'll have time. My question this week, uh, from the time that Arlette, uh, Charlotte tapped out and quit, was there enough time for them to get the x-ray and the results from the time that they announced it? I don't think so. I don't know how long it takes to get those results if they had that there in the arena they were in. If anybody knows the answer, please tell me that. But I'm sad to see her go, get some rest, refresh her body, and I'm excited for her to come back and win that 14th title. Uh, also, Alexa Bliss uh, return, Texas Ice Fire. Uh, so I just want to say one more thing here about the uh, collectibles we have here with the me and my son. We got The Undertaker from WrestleMania 36 in the biker outfit. We got Roman Reigns with the gold glove with the blue universal title. And we also have all the titles. The the round WWE, uh, WWE title, the Eagle title, the white Ah, another victim of the three minutes bites the dust. <laughs> it's not me. It's the system. We have a, a voicemail. We use Google Voice and set a timer for three minutes. So you can blame the system. Don't blame the messenger. But I will say, Rocky, thank you for calling in and thank you for your list of uh, likes and dislikes or fire and lunchables or whatever list you want to call. You call it uh, Rocky T's Rapid Fire. Good stuff from Rocky from Houston. So you... You bring up a good point about Rollins being a contender, even though he continues to lose. That's a good point to bring up. While I have been very critical of how they've booked Seth with constant big losses, we are still calling for him as champion, and he deserves to be champion. So that says something about how the fans feel about Rollins, even though even though WWE isn't in line with how we feel. I think that how we feel about Rollins and recognizing that he's just being misbooked no matter how many losses they give him, won't overcome how we feel. That's a great point. Also, yeah, I don't know how the boy, sometimes they get the results instantly, right? With the, uh, the quote unquote injuries when they're actually like, when they're actually, you know, worked injury. Of course, if they're real, it's handled differently. But when they're injuries that are a work part of the story, it is interesting how sometimes they have the results right away. Other times it takes like, you know, 18 weeks to get a result and yeah it was pretty quick <laughs> i don't know if they had like an MR, an, an x-ray you know machine backstage they do have top-notch you know world-class doctors and everything else and i'm sure they have medical equipment backstage and it, in most arenas they do have in-house medical facilities not to the to degree of hospitals but they have medical equipment i'm sure like x-rays and everything else that they don't have to go to a hospital for if they're non-life-threatening injuries so it's i guess it's believable I'll give them the plausible deniability. 
there. So thanks, Rocky. And uh, thanks for sharing all the things that you have collectible wise. I'm jealous. All right. A couple last voicemails. Let's do it. Hey, man, it's Justin from Maryland. Just want to get my thoughts on the cover topic. So, this is, um, I'm interested to see who Roman faced the hell in the sub because I don't know if you, uh, caught it, but Shinsuke had a, a little smackdown and he mentioned that he wasn't done with Roman Reigns. So, you didn't, uh, talk about that on your road, on your week review. So, well, you didn't have a week review, you just had a, uh, preview show. So, Anyway, so yes, yeah, I understand. Um, somehow they'll go finish. I want to talk on that. Um, the biggest comment and Cody had a promo mentioning it. Do you have it? That's honestly my my pick. I think only Seth would be my only pick right now. Next is good to see a, 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 a list back. Um, where she finally came back, she had that that old theme song. And it's interesting, I don't know if you saw that Lacey Evans is moved to Raw. It doesn't make sense. kind of like, kind of like thin on stars. So, um, well, what I mean, Billy is on SmackDown, but it's still interesting that Lacey Evans was doing all those promos on SmackDown, now she's on Raw. So, uh, I also saw she's a heel, so it's interesting to see who Alexa Fuse with definitely part Lacey Evans do drop. Um Oscar and Becky probably, so that'd be cool. Um, I think that's it. Um, it's interesting the hell in the sub pay per view. I wanna see what what matches are gonna be in the cell. I'm definitely looking uh hopefully Cody and uh Seth, hopefully Seth wins this time because he's lost like his last five cell and cell matches. And Probably Edge and Damian Priest against Finn and uh, AJ, and they'll still live and, and rear in it. So, yeah, that's it, man. Uh, that's all I got. So, looking forward to your responses, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, Justin. So, a uh, little bit of a connection problem, I think, on on your end, a cell phone connection, but uh, I, I got most of what you were saying. So, Shinsuke Nakamura mentioning that, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm shocked that they actually brought that back. I appreciate it, but. It, you know, do I think that that's going to mean anything for Shinsuke winning? Hell no, nobody does. But it'll be fun to see Roman and Shinsuke. But I, again, with all the Roman Reigns news that I talked about, that we all know about him, you know, fewer dates and him, quote unquote, moving into a new phase of his career, all that. I think that doesn't mean that it's going to we're going to get this match right away. Nor do I think we're going to see Roman on every pay per view. I don't think. You know, it, it, it's possible. I mean, it seems per the reports, at the very least, he'd be at the pay per views, the premium live events. But I. I, I very I think house shows are a no go and not every TV. So uh, Shinsuke, or as far as Alexa Bliss goes, yeah, it's great to see her back. Agreed. We'll have to see what the explanation is for her. Uh, I guess transition back to the light, but Lily's still there. That's weird. Lacey Evans to Raw, even though they ran him on SmackDown, the promos on SmackDown. Yeah, WWE just does what the hell they want at this point. The the brand splits dead, man. The brand <laughs> splits dead, but they won't announce it. They'll say there's still one. But then at the same time, speak out of the other side of their mouth and have someone come to Raw that said they were going to be on SmackDown or somebody's here from Raw or from SmackDown that's on Raw with no explanation. The announcers don't acknowledge it anymore. They just take it as a, eh, well, they're here. We don't care anymore. Uh, but now not only is she on the opposite show she should be on, but she's also a heel. After all those, uh, you know, woe is me, uh, cry, you know, feel for me. I had such a hard childhood stuff that I actually think was effective for the first time or two. 
now they're turning her heel. It's bizarre. Well, maybe it'll work great, but it's probably maybe it's for somebody for uh, Bianca Belair to work with in the meantime before, you know, somebody else comes up. So anyway, good stuff. Thank you, Justin, so much. And believe it or not, you're not the closer tonight. We did have somebody come in that was after you. And I think this is Robert from the WWE Ringside Podcast. I think he is our final pod or our final podcast, our final voicemail for the evening. So let's see what he's got to say. And then we'll wrap things up. Hey, Matt. This is Robert from the WWE Ringside Podcast. I just wanted to talk about a couple of things. Um, with Hell in a Cell coming up, um, I think we kind of can see what men's matches might be in Hell in a Cell. But do you think we're going to see a, a, one of the, a women's match inside Hell in a Cell? Um, I was thinking Charlotte versus Ronda, but with Charlotte being out now indefinitely, that was probably not going to happen. So do you think we're going to get a women's match, or is it going to be just a men's um, inside Hell in a Cell? Um, the next uh, thing I want to talk about was this week on Raw, when Riddle accidentally hit Orton and took him out. Um, they Randy played it off. Like, it was no big deal, but do you think maybe it put that seed of doubt in the back of his mind, kind of he's going to hold on to it, and uh, things over time will slowly build, little things here, little things there, to kind of cause the break? Like, do you think this might have been, like, the very first crack in RK-Bro, by chance? Uh, I think it might have been the start um, but I think we're happy to see where it goes. But that's that's all I got this week, just those two things. Uh, have a good one. Bye. Hey, Robert. Good to hear from you, brother. And, okay, do I think it's the beginning of the end of RK, bro? I, okay, if I was only going to look at this in a vacuum, I would say no, because they got the victory. But the key here, and what you glossed over, but you you talked about it. I shouldn't say gloss over. You did talk about it. Is we'll have to see, and that's exactly right. Like the follow up to this is going to be key. Meaning, is there any sense of dissent or argument or tension with these two in the next week or two? If not, and they're just as solid as ever, you chalk it up to that was just a spot in the match. But that's the first time there's been any miscommunication at all that I know of. So there's a strong case to be made as well for, yes, this was the very beginning of the end of RK-Bro, even though they got the victory. See, that's the key. If they lost the match, I would say for sure this is a definite sign of things to come. But the key in this one's going to be the follow-up. Is there an argument they have? Is there a look Randy gives Riddle? Is there another miscommunication, even if they get the victory on Raw next week? Like, follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. Let's see what happens. Now, as far as women's matches at Hell in a Cell, with with Charlotte out, and I, I think all of us agree she needs time away, recharge her batteries. Obviously, it's not a real injury. Come back, in, in, you know, before SummerSlam, she'll be good to go, and you know, spend some time with her fiance. I'm sure she's looking forward to that. Um, obviously, you know, he's in AEW, but I, when I look at the Hell in a Cell, no women's matches deserving of Hell in a Cell. I'm all for women being inside the cell. They've had many matches inside the cell. But if they're going to just put a women's match in there just to say they have a women's match in there, 
that I think is doing a disservice to the other match that I think is deserving, which is the tag team unification match with RK Bro and the Usos. You can't tell me that any other women's program since Charlotte's out is deserving of the sell more than that that unification match with the Usos and RK Bro. So I think it's two men's matches inside the cell, no women inside the cell. Because none of them have, I'm sorry, the programs don't dictate it. They aren't as hot as that match. I mean, Cody and Seth is a slam dunk. Two matches are usually what you get. It's like the chamber, the elimination chamber. You get two elimination chamber matches, just like you get two money in the bank matches. And they're usually spread out. One's towards the beginning of the show. One's towards the end of the show. And I think that's what's going to happen here. But I think it's two men's matches. I just don't see the women's matches qualifying for this or being nearly as hot as uh, RK Bro and the Usos. Or for that matter, Cody and Seth. So thank you so much, Robert, for your input. Great questions. You guys always make me think and you always make me feel stupid. That's a good thing. I don't mean that in a derogatory way because it makes me want to be a better podcaster. It makes me want to do a little bit more homework before I come on here and pay attention to more detail like you guys do. So anyway, thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight or this afternoon or morning, whatever. If you're listening to me on a run, like somebody said that they were listening to me when they work out. Cool. Or if you're at work, whatever. No, just put your headphones in and uh, listen to wrestling, right? Listen to wrestling. Wrestling talk gets us through the day. I listen to it at work, too. So, all right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you want to go ad-free, you can do that on Patreon for a dollar. You get ad-free everything. 99 cents on Apple Podcasts, for God's sakes, gets you ad-free everything, as well as if you want to go and invest in a full year, you get two months free. So it's only $9.99 for 12 months of ad-free content on Apple Podcasts. Or you can go VIP on our website, use promo code Roman, get 50% off of the ad-free stuff on our website there. By the way, you get the uh, exclusive After Dark show, which is on Patreon and our website. It's just R-rated for sure. Kids are not permitted to that episode, those episodes, um, but that's also there for you too. And uh, on TikTok at the WWE Podcast. So we're really everywhere, guys. And I really appreciate all the support. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and review. And as always, guys, thanks so much. Take care. I'll talk to you next time. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's it's on impactdefense.online. They have training that's in person. They have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms. And he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys... I can't stress enough right now. There is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder. It's either a ghost (laughs) 
or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And w- imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.